Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Max Gorgeous. In 2002, Max started a marketing agency with a laptop on his dining room table. He quickly became overwhelmed with client demands and employee needs. Over the next few years, having studied the habits of business and strategy icons, he developed a strategic approach that allowed him to scale his agency to more than $10 million a year while making above average profits with happy staff and clients on board. Max took his agency to a place where it thrives while no longer needing him to operate it. In a word, it's autonomous. Better still, he did it without ever borrowing a penny. He now spends his time writing, podcasting, helping existing and aspiring service firm owners adopt his autonomous approach, and listening to heavy metal. In this conversation, Max and I are discussing about how he grew his team and how his philosophy with growing his team was finding the people that could replace him by taking over the areas where he was a little weaker instead of forcing himself to focus on his weaknesses he created a team where he could focus on his strengths and build in his strengths and have the team behind him that focused on the areas that didn't suit him so he could grow the business that he wanted and have a team that could operate without him. So let's jump into the conversation. Hi, Max. Thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Jamie, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. Can you kick us off with telling everybody a little bit about yourself and your business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a public relations agency that works exclusively with consumer tech companies. And I've had the agency now for 19 years. I started it uh, literally on my kitchen table by myself. I was looking for a job and couldn't get hired, but I got a freelance gig and that freelance gig became my first client. And, uh, I started looking for another client after a few months and, and got one. And then I, uh, rented a crappy little office and hired some freelance help of my own and, uh, then kept looking for more clients and hiring more people. And 19 years later, I have 45 employees and 40 or 50 clients, and uh, we're doing almost $10 million a year in business. Wow, congratulations. That is such amazing growth. And I'm sure it's growth that so many people who are listening to this podcast are like, I want that. I have a business that's bringing in revenue of that size and having a larger team. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Which is, which is great to hear because most people then look at, okay, growing this huge business and having this big team, 
it has to take a lot out of you. It's it's not all fun. So to hear that it's a lot of fun is also a great thing that people yeah. need to hear. Well, it you know, you bring up a good point. It can be fun or it can be very stressful. And I think, you know, a lot of people that start, uh, you know, what I'll call professional services firms, which is basically any firm that provides a service where the people who work for you are providing the service or you're providing the service. You know, a lot of people who start these businesses, they are starting it because they're really good at something. You're really good at PR. You're really good at accounting. You're a good attorney, uh, you know, whatever that is. And then as you start getting more successful and getting busier, you end up hiring someone to help you to take a little bit of load off, but you're still the product. It's still all about you as the leader. And as they keep growing, they may get to a point where they have five or 10 people and they feel like, okay, I'm really successful. I'm making good money, but they're working like a, they're, they're just running around like a chicken with their head cut off because they're maybe servicing 10 different clients. So they really have, have 10 clients, uh, which are really their bosses, and they have maybe 10 employees, which are really just assistants. And they're in the middle of literally every single transaction and every little, every single conversation and every single report and every single piece of work that goes in and out. And it's just not unsustainable. And I think one of the things that's critically important as you're growing any kind of a, a services firm is that you start training your people to handle the work without you and that you start signing work that only your pe that your people can handle without you because if you don't do that then you're just going to get stuck in this rut where you feel like you're should be successful because you're doing well and you have a lot of business and maybe you're making good money but you're so busy that you can't take a day off for vacation and you're working on the weekends and you're working at night and every problem comes to you and it's just it's that's not fun Right, exactly. And it's one of those conversations I tend to have a lot with small business owners, especially as you mentioned, like you're in this, this service field where you are the product. It doesn't matter, like in your mind, you are the product. Even if you're producing something for someone else, you're like, well, you get this, get stuck in your mind of no one else can do it the way I do it. So, right. so many people then start trying to think of like, how can I scale my business where I can serve more people and this and that. And they start with first with like the assistance and everything to help on the back end, but they're still the product. They're still not letting go of them producing the work or being that face to the client. And then as things go on there, they end up in this thing where they're kind of, they're kind of stuck. And it's like, how do they pull themselves out of the product and make it so what you're offering the clients doesn't have to involve you. So I right. feel like that's like a really great thing that you say. It's something I tell people all the time. It's like, you don't have to be the sole producer of that service in your business. You can grow a team of people who do the same things that you do. So you can eventually have clients that you don't do anything with. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the challenges that people run into is they think, well, I can't hire somebody as smart as me. And maybe you're not going to be able to hire somebody who's going to be as good a leader and as good a business owner and as good a, a entrepreneur and manager and CEO as you. But you can hire people who can do something that you do better than you do. And if you, you know, as you start hiring more and more people, you start surrounding yourself with these experts in different areas. You know, somebody might be better at 
um, accounting, somebody might be better at writing, somebody might be better at sales, you know, whatever it is. And you start surrounding with all the uh, surrounding yourself with all these people. And eventually you end up with a team that the team is actually smarter than you. And, and that's really what you want to create. And once you have that, then you really create freedom for yourself. Um, and because then you can free yourself to do things that help you grow your business. And as I like to say, and, and this is, you know, commonly heard, it's important to work on your business, not in your business. And so you've got to be aware of what are the things that I do that are working in my business? And what are the things that are working on my business? Client work is working in your business, hiring people, um, bringing in new clients, that's working on your business, adding uh, systems and processes uh, to your to your company that's working on your business and so it's really important that you work on your business every day so that you can keep growing it right exactly and it makes me think of a client that I had in the past where he was he was running a gym and he had a team but he was still very involved in a lot of things and one of the conversations we had about like him growing his team and continuing to reach this vision that he had was he's like, I started this gym because I like being a personal trainer. I like being with the clients. So what we were talking about was if that's like, if that's where you are too, like you never really have to give up that 100% completely, but you have to be conscious about how much time do you spend there? So like yeah. we created this plan of, okay, when he really grows into this role and grows his business to this maximum level that he is envisioning today, how much time is he going to spend with clients? Because he never wanted to give that up completely. But today he's spending probably about 90% of his time with clients and trying to fit working on his business in another 10% of the time where we said, okay, you're going to reach this point where you're going to spend 10% of your time with clients because you love it and you never want to give that up completely. So you don't want to exit completely from that part of your business, but you need to make this shift where it's 10% with clients, 90% working on your business. And he goes, okay, looking in it that way, I'm no longer afraid of going to that point and giving up why I started my business. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great way to put it. You know, I think that, that you, you bring up an important question there too, is when people go into business, you, you really should know why you're going into that business because you're right. A lot of people do start businesses because they love doing the thing that the business is going to do. But, you know, being a personal trainer and owning a gym is two very different things, right? Being a PR person and owning a PR agency is also two very different things. Being an accountant and owning an accounting firm is two very different things. So you really should decide you know, whether or not you really want to have that business or are you doing it because you just want to be paid more for doing the job that you do. Um, and, and that's sometimes, you know, a, a very tricky and difficult decision to make, but one that I think everybody should think about before they get into it. Yeah, I think that brings up such a great point. And I actually recently had a conversation with a family member about something similar where we were talking about marketing and he was like, well, anyone who's good at marketing owns their own marketing business. And I was like, well, that's not necessarily true. Yes, there's a lot of people who do, but there's a lot of people who try it out and then realize I don't actually want to be running a business. I just want to be doing what I do really well. And they're like, I can do what I do really well without having to worry about where that next client is coming from because someone else in the business is bringing in those clients. So I was like, yes, there's that whole 
part of people in marketing who want to be entrepreneurs, want to freelance like that, they thrive off it, or they want to build those agencies. But if you're looking for an employee, that's not who we're going to market this position to. We're going to market to the position to the people who want to work for someone else because they realize that running a business, being a freelancer where they're hunting clients is not their cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And look, you know, I, I have a very successful, you know, PR firm, but I can tell you that I have a lot of people working for me that are way better at PR than I am, you know, but they probably wouldn't love my job, but I love running a PR agency. I love, you know, the hiring, the clients, the systems and processes, you know, all those things that um, it takes to put and, and to build a business. That's what I enjoy. And I consider myself more of an entrepreneur than a PR person. Um, and I think that's helped me succeed because I was, I never gravitated toward the PR work. I always gravitated toward the business building work, which, which I really enjoyed. So um, the, the, the best PR people, best marketers, best accountants, best lawyers don't necessarily um, turn into, you know, business people. Right, exactly. So let's talk a little bit more about your team. So you had told me you have 45 employees now, but obviously you had to start from the bottom. So tell us more about the beginning of your hiring journey. What was one of the first positions you added and how did that hiring process go? Wow. So the first one, <laughs> I wish I could say I was I was really smart and skillful, but I was really lucky. Uh, I was in my new little office. I had a whopping two clients and this kid walks in who was uh, sent to me by a teacher that I knew. And this teacher, for some reason, thought I was opening a recording studio. And this kid came over here looking for an internship Uh, at a recording studio. I did not have a recording studio. I had a small little marketing uh, agency with two clients, Uh, but he was, he, he he was a really good kid and he and I hit it off. He was 17 years old. Um, And, uh, and he knew a lot about computers and I happened to have two computers and this router and I needed to connect the two computers. And I asked him, Hey, can you connect these two computers? He said, yeah. I said, can you do it right now? And he said, sure. So he did it two hours later, he had two computers running perfectly. And so I offered him a job on the spot, paid him $6 an hour. He could only work 20 hours a week because that's all I could afford. And I can tell you that that kid 18 years later still works for me. And he's, he's my head of operations. He's an amazing guy and, uh, and has come a really, really long way. Uh, so, so I really got lucky with him, but I learned a really important lesson um, after hiring him and after hiring my second employee, who was also kind of lucky. It was a friend of mine who um, had gotten fired from a job and, and needed uh, some part-time work and, and needed to borrow one of my computers to look for a job. So, um, and, and these, two, these two guys that started working for me um, were really, really good at detail work and really good at following through on things. And that was really my weakness, my weakness. I'm really good at getting things started, but I, you know, once I get something 80% of the way there, I just kind of lose interest. And these guys were really good at finishing things. So what I found very quickly is that as a team, we worked really, really well together. They kind of completed me and allowed me to get a lot more done. And so, um, so I was able to sign more clients and, you know, get some momentum and continue hiring people. So over time, 
I did develop a much more sophisticated and better uh, hiring process. Uh, and that included, you know, a few things. One, uh, and one thing that, that I've always done is hire for attitude and potential before experience and education. You know, there's a lot of people that look really, really good on paper, but when you hire them, you know, they're not that good. And I think that somebody's attitude and, um, and willingness to learn and grow and do whatever it takes is going to pay off, you know, a lot more. I mean, when you look at uh, Corrado, who was my first employee, you know, he was a 17 year old kid, just finished high school, didn't have a college education and didn't know how to do a whole lot other than, you know, some computer work. Um, but he working for me, taught himself how to do video editing, taught himself how to build websites, taught himself how to do, you know, uh, operations and systems and processes and all these different things. And he's become, he has been for, you know, more than 18 years now, an indispensable part of my business. I don't think it would exist if it wasn't for him. And so, but for, it wasn't, you know, he didn't look that good on paper, but, but in, in reality, you know, he turned out to be uh, just a spectacular, spectacular uh, find for me and, and someone who, you know, is not just an employee, but a friend. Um, and so, so that, that's, that's the one thing that I would say. I think the other thing that I would say when you're starting out, it's really, really important that you surround yourself with great people. And so I always say, fire all your good employees and keep only your great ones because you don't have room for just good when you're starting out. You need to surround yourself with really, truly great people who are gonna do whatever it takes to help you grow and help you be successful, who believe in your dream and are gonna help you get to where you wanna go. And, it, and it's worth all the time and effort it takes to find those people. I, I, I think the most important job that you have as a business owner is finding and recruiting and retaining great people. Because especially when you're in the services business, your people are everything. Your people are your product. Yes. And so if you don't hire truly great people, uh, it's going to be much, much harder to succeed. And you're going to always feel like you're, you're struggling. So yeah. I will say you're definitely preaching to the choir here. I totally agree that you need, everybody needs to put in the effort to find really good people. And it is such an important part of, of your business. Hiring the wrong people can have horrible, horrible effects on your business. It's like when you look at the statistics of why uh, businesses and startups go out of business and why they don't make it, having the wrong team is in like, I think it's a top three reasons. It's in the top three reasons of why startups fail. It's up there with running out of money and having a product that nobody wants. It's in of the wrong team. Like, so it is an important thing that you need to focus on. So I definitely completely agree there. One of the things that I want to kind of like go back, like there's two things I want to go back and touch on that you had sure. shared there is you made the point of hiring for passion, but then you also kind of said um, potential. I think that was the word you used or something yeah, along those yeah. lines. And that is always like one of the things where people are like, okay, passion or skill, passion or skill, but you added in that potential thing, which I think makes that passion part and drive and stuff so much more is, and that's one of the things I tell people, you don't always have to go and hire the expert who goes and shows you that they can do the thing today, but you have to make sure that they have that potential. Can they do where you want, where you want them to be right now? 
And do they show you that they have the ability to grow in the area that you want them to? So when you're talking about your team member, it sounded like, okay, you, he eventually grew into a lot of these things. We're doing a lot of technical aspects. Well, he came in and helped you set up your computers on that day. And it showed you he had the potential to do these more technical things. Like that was kind of his mindset. But if you just hired someone who was like, oh, he's so passionate about my business, but didn't show you in any way that he could actually do anything technical, it could be like, well, who cares about that passion? At the end of the day, passion doesn't make it. So you're good at doing this type of tasks. So that's just one thing. When you hire for passion, make sure that the person can have the potential. They don't necessarily need to be the expert of it today, but you can uncover, are they willing and able to learn in the areas where you need them to learn? Yeah. Yeah. And that's key because, you know, things are moving so fast now that, you know, a lot of the jobs that we're going to want our employees to do a year, two years, three years from now might not even exist right now. You know, they may need to use some software program that doesn't even exist today. So a lot of the things that you you need your employees to do, they can't know how to do it yet because it doesn't exist. So they're going to have to learn. And so having somebody who really has that hunger and ability to learn quickly, you know, on the go all the time is just one of those lifelong learners that's going to make a really big difference in there having that potential to, to grow with you and grow with your business, even if it's growing really fast. Yes, exactly. And then the other thing that you mentioned that I want to circle back to is you mentioned that you're good at getting stuff 80% complete. And then it's kind of like, okay, you're moving on to the next thing. And just for everyone listening, this can be very common when you're a business owner. And this is the reason why a lot of business, businesses, you think of successful businesses, they have that person who's that, that ideas, entrepreneur spirit type person, that's the person who's always thinking of like, where do we go next? What do we do? Oh, this is a great idea. And then a lot of businesses end up having what is really called like the implementer role. The person's like, that is great. Let's make sure it actually gets done. So do you find right. in your business, like, do you have someone who's now really that, that implementer that's like, okay. Let's not stop at 80%. Let's make sure we get this idea done. Yes, you go off and think of that next big thing, but we're going to make sure that we get this done and we're not just leaving things at 80% and, and not fulfilling what could potentially bring in revenue or serve our clients. Yeah, I mean, the, my business now is full of those types of people who can follow through and, and get things done. And in fact, the majority of people in the agency, uh, because- you know, you really need a lot more implementers than you need idea people. And, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of ideas, but, you know, I had an old boss that used to say, execute, execute, execute. And, it, and it's really all about executing. Um, and so, yeah, the business is, is full of those, those types of people. So that now, um, if I have an idea or for somebody on my leadership team, you know, has an idea, there's plenty of people to get those things done. Yes, exactly. So one of the uh, things just for you guys listening, go back and listen to episode 13 with Jenny Shubring. And we talk about leading from your strengths. And this kind of like ties back here is Max didn't go and say, okay, I realize that I'm only good at getting stuff 80% done. So I need to realize how do I change my behavior and work on that weakness to get the rest of the 20% done? No, he didn't do that. He's focusing on his strengths and hired the people that make up that gap to say, okay, I need those implementers who are going to get stuff done 
So I could focus on my strengths of bringing the ideas in and running the business and being this entrepreneurial mindset person. Yeah. And, and that's the key there, Jamie, is know where your weaknesses are. And, you know, we go through our entire life being taught that we're supposed to work on our weaknesses, right? You go to school and you get, you know, four A's, a B and a D. And what do they say? Oh, you really got to work on that D. You know, we're in life isn't really like that. What you really should be doing is focusing on your A's because those are the things that you're good at. Get somebody else to do the things you get, you get a D in in life. You know, why, why even bother? Because sometimes you're just not fit for, for everything. And right. I think as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a leader, you have to know that you're not going to be great at everything, that you're going to be great at some things and not others and surround yourself with those people who, um, who, can, who can fill your gaps, like you said. It's funny. And uh, just like being mom, I like to bring in my examples with my kids every once in a while. I just remember um, my, I was a dancer my entire life. So once I had girls, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have little dancers. I'm so excited. And with my oldest one, we got her in her first dance class. She hated it. She cried all like the entire time to the point where it's like, I think at the end of the well, about halfway through her first class where they changed from their ballet shoes to their tap shoes, my daughter didn't want to go back in the room. She's like, nope, I'm not going back in the room. And I was like, okay, we're, we're just going to leave. Like, I'm not going to force you to go back in the room. And the one mom turned to me and she goes, just keep bringing her. She'll eventually learn to like it. And I just turned to that mom and goes, my daughter doesn't need to learn to like dance class. There's so many other things out there. I'd rather have her do what she's good at and what she wants to do then force her to focus on something that she doesn't want to do. So it's kind of like that, that same thing. It's like, don't be focusing on your weaknesses or stuff that doesn't light you up. Get someone else to do that. You know, focus on your strengths, what you're good at. Yes. You know, it's that, that's, that's kind of a, a, a sad story to hear that other mom say that because I meet and have seen so many people who have gone through careers to make their parents happy they've become attorneys or they become and then they're in this career where they're really miserable it's not their dream it's yes they're kind of successful and they're doing okay at it and they're making a good salary but they're not truly happy and they're not doing something that they're truly that they truly love and are passionate about and uh, i think that yeah it's critical to always make sure that you're following your your passions and you know spend as much of your day, and this is what I try to do, I try to spend as much of my day doing things that I love and the least amount of time possible doing things that I hate. And I can tell you that today, I do very few things that I hate doing. I probably spend, I have a lot of days where I don't do anything I hate doing, so. Right, so speaking of things that you don't do, and not saying that you uh, you hate your team in any regards, but when we were chatting before we got started, you were saying that now your team is able to really run without you, that yeah. you don't have to be really involved in the day-to-day. So tell us about that and tell us how you created this team that is not relying on you day-to-day. So when I, you know, when I started the 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 company, I always had the approach of wanting to you know, delegate the day-to-day work and kind of um, uh, promote myself out of whatever job I was doing. And so, you know, in the beginning, um, you know, I would handle all of the bookkeeping and all of the payroll and things like that. And so, you know, I finally got to a point where I could afford to hire a full-time in-house bookkeeper to do all of that. So I kind of promoted myself out of that job and didn't have to do it anymore. Um, I, I was able to hire a, a salesperson 
So I kind of promoted myself out of doing the day-to-day sales for the business. Um, I hired an HR person. So I hired myself out of, I promoted myself out of doing, you know, the hiring. And so, you know, eventually you, in the beginning, there was always something new to do, right? I would work on processes. I would work on different ideas. There was, I, I would, I would promote myself out of those jobs, but there was always more and more to do. Well, eventually I got to the point where I had, so such a great team that I had built that were specializing in these different areas, um, you know, and a couple people in, in particular who had been working for me for, uh, you know, from, you know, over a decade um, who, who wanted to run the business and wanted to take on that additional responsibility. And so, you know, just in the past few years, gotten to the point where now those people have taken on, you know, almost complete authority over the, the business and are running on a day-to-day basis. And so, you know, it is something that you just kind of have to, you know, promote yourself, you know, eventually out of a job completely. And, uh, and then the business, you know, runs itself so that now, you know, I've got that ultimate freedom and it, and it took a while, you know, it took 15, 16 years to get to that spot. But I can tell you that it, you know, it was worth, I had a great time, um, you know, getting here and, uh, and now I've got that ultimate luxury of owning a business that doesn't require my, my time every day. Awesome. But how was it w- at first, like you were doing these tasks and now you had to trust someone else to do it. Did you ever have any like delegation fears um, or were you pretty good about letting go from the start? Uh, you know, I think I was pretty good at it because I wasn't in love with the day-to-day client work. And I always had the goal of building a business. See, I had this idea in my head from the very beginning that the, the definition for me of a business is, is an organization that you can leave for three months. And when you come back, it's in better shape than how you left it. And so I know that's a really, really high bar for a lot of people, but that's what, what I was aiming for. And so everything that I did was building an organization that is better than any individual parts so that one plus one equals three, one plus one plus one equals five, you know? And and so uh, over, over time, that's exactly what happened. I I ended up with an organization that was much, much better because I had all these different experts doing different things that, you know, the 45 people are much more valuable than if I had 45 maxes working in the company. If I had 45 maxes working in the company, it would be a disaster. <laughs> but, but because I have all these different kinds of people with different kinds of skills that together, you know, the, the individual parts equal more than the, than the whole, um, then, you know, that's how, how you get there. But um, I mean, yeah, there's always times when you worry about delegating work and you stress about whether or not a client is going to fire you and whether or not you're keeping a close an eye, close eye on the business. But over time, if you train people right, if you incentivize them right, I think that's another thing that's really, really important is, you know, when you're a business owner, one of the motivating factors, whether you say it or not, is money. You know that every time you bring in another client or you bring in more business, that you're making more money. But if you're paying your employees just a standard hourly or or salary, and they're not making more money, then they're not incentivized the same way as you are. And they're not going to be as motivated as you are to get that work 
done. And so you need to figure out some kind of bonus program or payment program that as more clients come in and you're feeding more work to your employees, that they're making more money too, so that they can feel like as the business becomes more successful, they're becoming more financially successful as well. And that makes a huge difference, especially in the beginning when you're trying to get people to handle more work. I hear people all the time say, oh, you can't find good employees or my employees aren't dedicated and why can't they work as hard as I do? And it's like, yeah, because they're not making the money that you're making because they're not, they're not benefiting from all this extra work and they feel like you're the one who's making all the money and you're just piling it all on them and they're not getting anything for it. So you you really have to try to link the money coming in the door to some extra money for them so that they can feel like they're being they're they're receiving that financial success as well. Yeah, that's something I totally agree with is they have to feel that connection and uh, I was actually just talking to someone about this the other day about how we get into this thought process of there's these like, sometimes in companies, these low level positions. And it's like, well, yes, there's always going to be positions that are at the bottom of your hierarchy, whether it's pay or responsibility wise, but those, those positions are essential. Otherwise you wouldn't have them. They are helping get things done in your business. So even though they might not be bringing in the revenue, they are still helping to do things that make sure that you are earning that revenue and should still be rewarded in some way. Like people need to feel a connection between the work that they're doing and the impact the business is making and the revenue that's coming in. And yeah, you're totally right. If they're seeing that their hard work is only making you more money, they're not going to be happy and feel the need to stay long-term. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, you, you, you talk about, um, you know, admin or um, operations people who I've got, let's see, three, four, five, about six people on my IT and operations and admin team. And the average tenure of those people is 10 years. And usually those people are hard to keep, but because of the way that we um, pay them because of the way that we motivate them and the way that we treat them, they've actually, you know, have some of the longest tenure in the whole, in the whole company. And it makes such a huge difference to have people who are great, who work for you that long, because they're so knowledgeable and they've been through so much with you that they just become that much more valuable to you. And they're worth the extra money that you pay them. Exactly. Okay, Max, we have to start wrapping up today. So tell people, how can they get in touch with you? So um, my website is maxborgesagency.com. So they can go to the website and get in touch with me through there. Of course, if you have a consumer tech company looking for PR, we can probably help you out. Awesome. And you have a book. I do have a book. It's called How to Be fan effing Tastic." It's available on Amazon. And uh, if you Google the name, it will not come up because Amazon doesn't like the name of my book. So you have to search for Max Borges author. And if you just type in M-A-X-B-O-R-G-E-S author into Amazon, the book will come up. It's a uh, hundred plus pages of practical, practical advice on how to stop sucking at life and start being fan effing-tastic. Awesome. And of course, we'll share links in the show notes. Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. All right, Max. We're going to wrap up with the question that I love to ask all of my guests. So we've all had leaders or managers that stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager that you have had 
or that you've had the privilege of knowing. And can you share with us one thing that made them stand out as a great leader to you? Yeah. Um, his name is Mark Beagleman, and uh, I worked for him for four years. It was the last job that I had before I started my business. And, and Mark was one of the founders of Office Depot, and he started a new company called Mars Music, which was a chain of musical instrument superstores that I worked for. And what, what was amazing about Mark is that he, he was just, he trusted his employees. He trusted me from the day he hired me. And he was one of these people who, if you did a good job, he would just say, great job. He wouldn't say great job, but next time, you know, do this or do that. He would just leave it at that. Just say great job. And I, and I, and for me, that was just so motivating to know that like, okay, it was, it was good enough. He wasn't throwing in something extra. The other thing is when he, um, when I came to him with an idea, instead of like tearing it apart, he would just say, sounds great. Take the ball and run with it. And just give me complete freedom to like take the ball and run with whatever ideas, you know, I brought to him. And, and that kind of freedom was, was very powerful and allowed me to really produce for him in, in a great way and to really enjoy, enjoy working for him. And uh, was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And Max, thank you so much for joining us on the Grow thank Your you, Team Jamie. podcast. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. Are you ready to hire a new team member for your business and you want to ensure you hire the person who can succeed in the role, make you happy, and positively impact your bottom line? Then set up time and let's talk because this is exactly how I help business owners like you. When you go through my hire framework, not only will you learn how to attract candidates who have the passion you desire, but you'll be able to identify and select candidates who have the skills you need and can succeed in the role. Going through this consulting process not only helps you find the right new hire for your current open position, but it teaches you how to repeat this process with every new position you add to your company as it continues to grow. So if you're a small business owner who is ready to hire, has a rough idea of the position you need to add, and you're tired of going through the hiring process only to end up with bad fitting team members, then let's talk. Send me an email at jamie at growingyourteam.com. That's jamie, J-A-M-I-E at growingyourteam.com or head on over to growingyourteam.com slash jumpstart and let's talk about your hiring needs. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.